What's up guys? Cutting room floor. Big idea what we're trying to do here, real simple, is just basically take either things that either A, didn't make it into the sermon, or B, that were in the sermon, but just need a little more fleshing out. Um, we're going to try to take those ideas, stuff that didn't make it in, stuff that needs more fleshing out, and just think about them a little more. So this is not reflecting the main idea of the sermon. Hopefully I did that in the sermon. This is just a ministry to try to help you maybe answer some questions you had about the text that didn't make it, that I didn't answer in the sermon. Or B, uh, maybe I did kind of answer it, but you had more questions. Either way, hopefully, this ministry will help you and I make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. That's the big idea. So uh, today we're taking a look at the passage I preached yesterday, Luke uh, 19, 28 to 38. We had three sections. You remember we had the triumphal entry, Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem, and then finally the cleaning out of the temple. And uh, there are three things on today's episode um, that I think will be helpful for us to think a little more carefully about. Uh, those three things are, one, this uh, notion of Jesus is being praised by the disciples. Were they praising him as an earthly king? Or did they know that he was a heavenly king? You didn't really, Nathan, you didn't really represent that as much. And the second thing is, is this notion of their singing or their praising peace in heaven. Why does it say peace in heaven? Uh, and then thirdly, I want to think about that uh, because you did not know the time of this, your visitation. What are those three things? What's the visitation exactly that Jesus is condemning them over? All right, well, let's go to the first one. First one is this notion of the praises of the multitude of the disciples. If you look in verse 37, it says, as he was drawing near already the way down the Mount of Olives. So he's on the donkey, he's coming down, coats going down. I've always wondered why it's not coat Sunday instead of Palm Sunday, since coats are in all of the counts, but not Palm. Anyway, uh, coat Sunday, Palm Sunday, coming down. And the, it says in verse 37, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they, that they had seen. Now, if you're used to the uh, kind of teaching that I am, uh, more often than not, when that passage is read and explained, it is explained to us in such a way as to have us see that these disciples didn't understand what they were praising. They thought that uh, this was an earthly king. That's why they were praising him, and they misunderstood it. Um, I think we could probably get there from other passages, other uh, gospels, maybe Matthew in particular. Uh, and it's certainly true that uh, the disciples often misunderstood Jesus's kingship. I think that's true. I think we've seen that even in Luke more recently. But you'll notice in the sermon yesterday, I didn't really represent that position on the triumphal entry. I went ahead and gave way and even called us to join in the praises of the disciples. Instead of saying, no, 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 they didn't understand, they were thinking he was an earthly king. Again, I think that's probably true, but I always, what I'm trying to do in the sermon is I'm trying to re reflect the point of the author. What does the author mean to teach us? And what I believe that Luke did and does for us is seen in verse 40. So if you remember yesterday, I said that we need to enter into those praises, that those praises were correct, that he is the king of peace and he's bringing glory in the highest and peace in heaven. And I represented it positively. And the way I got there again was by verse 40. When the Pharisees told Jesus to tell his disciples to stop praising him, Jesus's response was, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. 
I interpreted that to mean that Jesus was saying what the disciples were doing was correct. That they should have been uh, praising him as the blessed king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Sounds like Jesus is saying, yeah, that's right. Luke means to interpret that's correct. And we too need to do that. Um, And so there is not, at least in this piece, I think we can get there in other pieces, in this portion of the text, I don't think Luke wants us to uh, understand the disciples miss it. They think he's an earthly king. But instead, I think Luke means to properly teach us to enter into the praises and not be uh, considering the fact that the disciples misunderstood him. I do think they misunderstood him, but I do think Luke wants us to see that we should enter into the praises uh, of those disciples. They were properly praising him. And again, I got that from verse 40, where Jesus was saying, if they shut up, the, the rocks will do it. That's the first thing. The second thing uh, is this notion of the peace in heaven. When they were singing in verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Why are they, why are they saying that? Now, if you remember, that's a quotation from Psalm 118, verse 26. But why are they saying peace in heaven? Why wouldn't they see peace in heaven on an earth? Or, you know, uh, what is it about them seeing Jesus coming in that's going to bring peace in heaven? Isn't peace already in heaven? Well, uh, there's three ways, three ways that scholars interpret this peace in heaven as to why they're uh, quoting Psalm 118. One option, they're all kind of related. You'll notice these things are related. Um, The first option as to why they're praying, praising for peace in heaven is one, they mean to say what their interpretation of peace is, is what he's about to do is secure for us all the benefits of what Christians have in heaven right now. The kind of benefits that you and I have today, they were that was the peace that they were referencing. They were praising Jesus as the king that would secure our peace before the throne of God in heaven now. Maybe. Option two is... Uh, God is reckoned, the peace in heaven is that God is reconciling himself to humanity and reasserting his rule on the earth. That's option two. The peace in heaven is, is that God is now coming down to tabernacle with, with uh, man and he's going to secure salvation so as to regain heaven on, and on earth. Uh, in Jesus' coming, his dying, resurrecting. In other words, this is the kind of already not yet position wherein Christ has secured, he's finished it. It's here, but it's not yet here in full, but eventually it will be. So when they say peace in heaven, they're referencing how peace uh, in heaven is coming down to the earth. Uh, The third option is how some people would see their cries for peace, their praises for peace in heaven, is that um, uh, there's peace when Jesus dies and resurrects. There's going to be peace uh, initially in heaven, but it's not going to yet come on the earth. Right? It's this right now. Like We know that Jesus is ruling, but there's not yet peace on the earth. And so that's what they're emphasizing, that the peace is not really here, but it's more there. Um, and again, the fourth option would be, you might even say, well, these guys just think it's going to be an earthly kingdom. Again, that goes back to my prior point. I do think Jesus means to positively interpret it. Luke positively interpret their peace in heaven. I think, choose which one you think it is. It could be any of those. I tend to think it's that option too. Uh, I think the praises of the, the employment of Psalm 118 verse 26 of the peace in heaven and glory in the highest, I think it means to indicate to us this God coming in the form of his son to secure peace uh, in heaven for those that are his, but 
his peace is breaking in on the earth and God and man are beginning to come back together again. And eventually at the return of Christ, it will be completed. I think that's the peace. That's just my take. It could be any one of those three things uh, that I referenced. Third thing, slide on down to verse 44. Jesus, remember, he weeps over Jerusalem. Then he says the days of destruction are come. In other passages, this is that strange teaching about the abomination of desolation. Same teaching here. Jesus says he's weeping over them because they did not know the things that make for peace. I made the case that was their not submitting to the kingship of Christ and following in his ways. Uh, He says, but now they're hidden from you. Verse 43 and 44, he talks about how the siege is going to come to Jerusalem and it's going to be destroyed. And then he says, all of that's going to happen because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now, there's two ways to understand that. What exactly is Jesus saying? What's this? All of this stuff is going to come because of they did not recognize the time of their visitation, of his visitation, of your visitation. It's either A, the visitation is either A, more broadly, and I kind of represented this position yesterday, more broadly, they didn't, rep- they didn't see the visitation of God historically from all of his prophets, all the way up and including Jesus. So that position would understand the visitation to be they didn't recognize all of the things that God has done for them. And so God is finally bringing the final smackdown, as it were. Uh, Or two, you could interpret the visitation to be more narrowly. They didn't understand Jesus's visitation, the Messiah's visitation. Uh, That's the more narrow understanding of them not recognizing the time of their visitation. Uh, again, either one of those, I represented the more broad one in the sermon yesterday. Honestly, if you kind of push me into corner, my suspicion would be that it probably is more accurately Jesus's visitation. Uh, but I do still think we can, we can interpret it more broadly as well, that God uh, was bringing this judgment upon him because they had historically not uh, received or seen uh, God's word as it has been visited to them time and again by prophets. That's the more broad one, or Jesus, the more specific. You choose, you think about it. My guess is at at the the bare minimum, it's the broad one. But if you had to push me in a corner, my guess is it's probably the more specific one. I hope that encourages you. I hope you're helped by what we saw next in the cleansing of the temple, this kind of beginning of the new covenant breaking in and this fleshing out of the old. And I love the thought of that application that Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has brought a peace in heaven on earth, or heaven, uh, through his driving out the den of robbers in our house, in our hearts. And, uh, and so may we hang on every word of his because he himself is our peace. Hope this has been helpful to you. Enjoy your week. Looking forward to diving into Luke 20 this next week, Lord willing. God bless you.